Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Check, check, check. What up, world? It's the man with the plan, Bert McGurk, a.k.a. PR, the king of hearts, and you are now tuned in to Clocking Out, the podcast you listen to when you need to get motivated and inspired to doing bigger and better things. What is going on, everybody? I am here again with another episode, bringing you guys... Another independent artist who's caught my attention, who I see has been putting in work for quite a long time, and I'm a real big fan of his stuff. I want to introduce you guys to a homie of mine, Dusty Grant. Dusty, say what up. What's up, everybody? How you guys doing today? How's it going, man? How's it going, man? How's it going? So far, so good over here. How's things on your end? Oh, going great, man. I've been uh, I've been motivated lately. I've just been working on a lot of stuff musically, recording, doing a lot, and I'm excited as ever, and a lot of people are letting what's going on in the world get them down, and I'm just kind of seeing it as an opportunity. Exactly, yeah, just so so you can try to brighten everybody's mood and everything, right? Absolutely, yeah, and and you know, you finding I, I'm finding it's weird. I'm since I'm not out playing shows and traveling all the time, I have a little bit more time to be home and be creative and work on my craft and work on my marketing and work on all the other on all the other facets of it, and I'm finding you know, where I had some weaknesses and I'm sharing those things up. So it's, uh, yeah, it's actually been really productive for me. That's what's up. So what's something with, with this whole, um, you know, lockdown situation and the whole COVID stuff changing the way that people are going about their day to day, what's something that you would say has drastically changed on your day to day? Something that you would say, like personally, not, not, uh, it doesn't have to be specifically with music, but anything that you would say that you got used to having a daily routine of that has changed drastically because COVID either positive or negative, what would you like to share with everybody that you feel is something that other people can relate to? My, the biggest thing is my career has changed. I've, <clears throat> I work in the food service industry, um, and I've been an essential employee throughout the entire, through the entire situation, which I'm grateful for, of course. You know, I, a lot of people are out of work. I've got friends that are out of work and stuff like that, and I've been fortunate enough to be working, but we've been busy, and the whole market has changed how people order food, how people buy food, restaurants aren't getting as much business, you know, as we know, hundreds of thousands of restaurants are closing with everything that's going on. So it's been a lot more retail driven. So I've noticed that that's changing my career a lot. My day to day honestly has not changed a lot because I've, I have been working full time, just like I always have. I've still been training just like I always have. Um, so for the most part, the, the biggest change for me has not been touring. Oh, I so, feel you know, that, I'm home that, a lot. That, that experience of actually uh, being with people and having a crowd and everything like that and physically being in front of people, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's a big change, but it's also given me a little bit of more time to uh, become a better father, become a better husband, all that type of stuff. So it, it has opened my eyes to how I'm going to go about touring going forward and all that type of stuff. It's, it's just given me... It's given me a lot of time to clear my head, to be honest. I know it's been a very bad time for people, and like I'm, I'm sick of it, just like everybody else is. Um, but I'm just, I'm trying to find the silver lining, you know. Yeah, no, I totally hear you on that. I also heard you mention that you're doing training, and I know I've, I've looked on your profiles. You, I've seen you uh, do a whole bunch of stuff with jujitsu. Um, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been training in jujitsu for ten years. I've been kickboxing for about six years. I've always been a big fan of mixed martial arts, you know, UFC, Bellator, all pride, all that stuff. And, uh, I got, I was kind of at a negative point in my life where I was uh, making some bad decisions and stuff like that. And 
I got into jujitsu and it kind of changed my life. So now I'm a brown belt in jujitsu. The next belt is black. But yeah, I've been uh, I've been training for a little over ten years now. That's crazy. How, but for the the like me, I I know of the colors, but I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I don't know what colors or what level or how many there are. How many different colors are there? Levels are there? Are they different for each uh, each martial art that you're doing? Whether it's jujitsu, whether it's kickboxing, or any of that stuff, is it a different? Uh, do they have different ranks? Is it done differently? Is it different Absolutely. colors? And for what's yours? What's your? What would you say is your? Um, like go to what do you feel like you know like the back of your hand would it be kickboxing or would it be jujitsu what would you say is your like thing that you feel you have perfected so far that you feel confident in uh showing someone else and if so what how many stages or how many belts are in that one well yeah so there's so in a lot of different martial arts there's different systems for belts right and and all the schools are different too different different instructors different professors have different sets of rules um jiu-jitsu it goes white belt blue belt purple belt brown belt black belt so there's five belts in adult jiu-jitsu each belt can take one to four years depending on how much you're training how much you're competing i'm at brown belt so i'm one belt away from uh, i'm one belt away from black belt and how how does that jiu-jitsu no go ahead oh jiu-jitsu i would say like as far as a base, like if I were if I were to get in an altercation or something like that, I I have to think that I would probably go to my jujitsu first. I would probably try to get it on the ground as fast as I possibly could. Yeah, I have a friend who does uh, uh, coaching uh, for jujitsu, and he's been doing it for many years now. And um, I'm actually working on getting him on the podcast so he can share his stuff because a lot of the people that he work with are actually in the whole like UFC stuff, and he trains and and coaches with them. And um, as far as uh, you doing jujitsu and you having to go through five different belts or or you're about to reach five belts, um, what is it? How does it work as far as the time that you put it in? Um, like when you get the belt, is it based on perfecting certain techniques that you get graded on by a certain way? Or is it depending on a certain amount of time that you put in per each belt? Or is it depending on um, who you fight and who you beat in certain like competitions or training or sparring or anything like that? How does it work? How do you graduate from one belt to another it it, it it all of the things you just mentioned are pretty much a factor in it a lot of a lot of schools in fact most schools if you compete a lot and you win a lot then you go through the belts faster just because you're showing proficiency at that rank um you know like white belt you have to basically kind of just survive because when you're a white belt in jiu-jitsu you just get smashed all fucking day long i mean it, it it's it's a terrible, it's a terrible life to be a white belt. Uh, when you get to blue, you kind of start figuring things out. Purple, you have to like pretty much have your game kind of dialed in. Um, and then as you become like a brown belt, you already know pretty much all the techniques. You've seen most of it before. Now it's how do I apply everything that I've learned over the last eight years of training and after the last 50,000 sparring sessions I've had or whatever it is how do I apply this and how do I, how do I help grow the art of jujitsu? You know, whether it be competing, whether it be just promoting it on your social media, whether it be teaching, uh, things like that. And I think those are the things like, especially the school that I train at that, that my coaches really take seriously about is, you know, spreading the art and, and, and giving back to the art and that type of stuff. So I think once you fully embrace that and understand that, 
uh, you might be ready for your black belt. But I, I really don't know what it, I don't really don't know what it takes to be a black belt yet because I'm not one. And uh, jujitsu is uh, is the ultimate the ultimate sport for humility, you know. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing a lot, and it's intrigued me. Like, I really want to get into it, but I haven't been able. Like, I've been, I'm, I'm also a dad myself, and with the whole, you know, COVID situation, has changed a lot of stuff with yeah. work and with the way that the kids are going to school and everything. So I'm trying to adjust with all of that, but at the same time, with everything that has been going on, everything that I have been through, and I'm sure with the, a whole bunch of stuff that everyone can relate to and ha- has been going through with all the different changes that we have to, you know, get used to and become accustomed to. But um, I, I do. You can see. I'm pretty sure anyone can see with watching anyone doing jujitsu or training in it that it's a, a stress reliever and it's a workout it's a good thing to like just not focus on anything but just your body your movements and how to like focus on doing things better and perfecting certain techniques but besides for that what's something being that you said that uh you know your trainers your senseis correct yeah yeah professor sensei for, he's one of my trainers like really good friend of mine too after you've bled with guys for a long time, you just develop these really deep friendships, you know, and, and my, yeah, my, my, my coach, my professor, my sensei, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. They, he's not too formal on that type of stuff. Actually. He's pretty laid back when it comes to titles. Oh, okay. I understand. But they, they basically, like you, like you mentioned, they, um, have you guys give something back to that and have you like promote it in some way what's something that you would say to other people to get them into it like someone like me who who's finds the whole idea of it intriguing that i want to do it i just haven't found the way to make sure that i have the time for it yet but i know i will be what's something that you would say to someone that would besides for the physical part that you feel makes it a really like you said it's a um something that's uh what was it uh humility yeah, absolutely. It, what's something besides well, it, for the f- physical part that you feel is something that people can learn and gain from that to actually become better at that? Well, well. Long story short, you know, if you wanted to give like a really short answer, which I'll talk a little bit since we're that's what we're here to do. But you know, long story short, jujitsu changed my life. Um, you know, I, I was in a bad direction. I started training. I realized what someone that has been training for a long time could do to me. Um, and as a guy that played, played sports and I, you know, I was, a, I played one semester of college football and all that type of stuff. I had, when I was a young man, I had a little bit of an ego on me. Uh, the first day you walk into the gym and you, the first time you have a live sparring session with an advanced belt, you realize how much you don't know that whole facade that you have for yourself, that you think you're this tough guy and you think, you know, I'll snap that stuff wouldn't work on me you realize you don't have a choice. It's, it, they're going to take you wherever they want to take you. But, you know, more than that, it, it's every, it, it turns the volume down on, on everything. You know, like if you've ever seen Fight Club, he has that thing where he's like, it, it tur- fighting turns down the volume on everything else in your life. Or yes. I'm not sure if that's the exact No, no, quote. I, I know exactly but, what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> but it, it really does, you know. Once you've been on the bottom of a black belt, you know, that, that problem at work doesn't seem so severe. I totally understand. Um, you know, you, you, you learn, you learn like, you know, don't, if you panic, your performance is going to suffer. If you remain calm and think and strategize and, and, and sift through things and take your time to process things and all that type of stuff, you can stay safe in jujitsu and that. And I think in, you know, in life for me, definitely, I'm able to apply that to everything else I do, whether it's my music, my career, 
being a dad, any of that stuff. It's just that ability to not jump the gun and fly off the handle. And as a guy that's always kind of had a hot temper, it's definitely mellowed my temper out and that type of stuff too. So, I mean, it's like everything you do in jujitsu, it, it affects your diet because you realize if I don't eat well, I'm not going to be able to train well. And that guy's going to smash me again. And you don't want to be in that situation. And it's, and it's just, it just snowballs everything in your life in a positive direction. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, that's what's really intrigued me about it. I'm a person that's like, I have, I've been known to have a short temper. I'm very hot-headed also, and that's the only thing that's really caught my attention about it. I'm not really looking into it to be like, oh, I want to go around and smash people. Like, I'm like, yo, I know I have a a lot of stuff built in, and I know I can go to, I've done the whole go to the gym and, you know, work out, and yeah, that works for a while, but... I'm not really learning anything. I, I'm 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 the type of person that when it comes to those situations, I'd rather be alone. And that still doesn't help you neither because you kind of need to talk to someone and figure out other ways to deal with your anger, your stress, your anxiety, whatever it is. And I've learned that over time, but the hard way. And then I start finding out about certain things like that. And like there's meditating and everything also. And also eating healthy, like you mentioned. All these things come into play that can affect your mood or how you're feeling. And I'm, I'm always into learning more about that, which is why I ask about it. I'm pretty sure other people are curious too especially like i mentioned with the whole covid situation and the way that things are changing i'm pretty sure people are are having to adapt to a lot of things differently or you know at a faster pace than they would like um and i'm i know that they're all looking for other ways for um you know just trying to get rid of all that stress and anxiety and and just you know relax or relieve tension somehow so that's why i wanted to ask how because i figured you know being that you've been doing it for so long you'd be able to shed some more light onto it so for people like me, I would be able to get more information and, and basically get more intrigued into getting more into it faster. Oh yeah, I'm 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 happy to talk about that all day long. I I'm uh, like I have friends over to watch the fights and stuff like that, and I I mean I can just talk about it all day. So you don't ever have to you don't ever have to hesitate with me to ask about that stuff. There, there we go. So I'm definitely Hold gonna. On, buddy. Uh, I'm definitely going to um, be hitting you up about that every now and then. And maybe we'll even have another podcast about it also. Um, but let's get to exactly oh, yeah, what, what, what we're here to talk about, which is the music. So you do have, um, for everybody listening, uh, if you're listening right now, where well, actually it doesn't need to be specific, but anywhere that you're listening right now, whatever streaming platform, if you go to the description, um, Dusty Grant has a song that he recently dropped. It's called Up From Here. Um, go check it out on all streaming platforms. He has, uh, the link is in the description, but you can go and check out the music video also that's on YouTube. Um, what really got you first into music? What's the thing that got you to to turn to music? Like, I'm pretty sure, like you mentioned, um, you know, you you had an anger, you had you were hot tempered and everything, and you went to jujitsu and that helped you with a lot. Um, what about music? Music was it something that it was also an outlet like that also, or was there another way that you got introduced to it and that you kind of fell into it? Like, tell us more about that. So I so I I went to college. I played uh, I, I played about a half a semester of college football. I realized that it wasn't for me. I moved back to my hometown, and I had some friends that had like a live like a live jam set up in their basement. Right, they had guitars, drums, all that type of stuff, and they they were brothers. And one of the brothers played guitar, and the other brother played drums. Um, we, they were having a party one night, just like a beer bash, you know, when you're in college, that type of stuff. And uh, I'd pick up the mic at that party. And they started playing some covers and I started singing some songs and stuff like that. And everybody at the party seemed to be kind of digging in and being into what we were doing. So that was, 
that was pretty much that. I got a taste of that, and I I pursued rock and metal for a really long time. Um, I fronted some metal bands and I fronted some rock bands and stuff like that. And now I'm a now I'm a solo artist. I started going solo uh, September of 2017. But yeah, that party was pretty much it for me. <clears throat> and as far as the the type of music that you make, what would you say is is the style of music that you make? Being that you're a fan of metal, do you would you say it's metal? Would you say it's your own version of something different? Like, what would you describe? your style of music that you make, especially being that you're a solo artist now? I, you know, it's been hard for me to kind of pinpoint it. It's always hard to, it's always kind of hard to brand your own, but, uh, the most, the thing I think that applies probably closest is like dark acoustic rock. Um, the, the, you can tell the lyrics are definitely on the darker side of stuff. And, you know, I, I, a lot of the stuff that I've released so far, has been, you know, written during times when I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, um, you know, needed a lot. I, I needed to work on myself a lot. And I think those songs actually kind of helped me get through it. Um, but yeah, I would say dark acoustic rock is probably, is probably an accurate depiction of the kind of music I make. And as far as uh, how you were mentioning um, helping you get through, you know, hard times and dark times and stuff, and it, you know, basically showing in your lyrics and in your music, what would you say your creative process is like? Is it, you know, based on your mood? Is it based on the day? Is it based on, do you know, do you come up with the lyrics first? Do you make the 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 beat first and play something on your guitar? And then based off of what it sounds like or the feeling that you get, do you, you know, write the song off that? How is it that you start creating a song? Like, what's the, the first step? Like, walk us through that. So, so uh, there's, there's basically two ways for me. I have one way where I might just wake up in the middle of the night and I might have a melody in my head. Um, and then I'll, I'll just, I, I might even get up at two o'clock in the morning and my wife's like, what the hell are you doing? And I go in the bathroom and just record a melody on my, on my little voice recorder on my phone, just because I know if I don't record it right then I'm going to forget it. And then I'll wake up the next day, pick up my guitar, start singing. And then I'll, I'll write like that. Other times, a lot of it is just I'll be I'll be playing the guitar, you know, spending a lot of I've been spending a lot of time trying to develop my technique and skills on guitar over this time, and I'm finding a lot more new riffs and new sounds and stuff like that. So most of the I would say probably ninety percent of my songs start with a guitar riff, um, and then and I would say probably the other ten percent just kind of just kind of come to me out of out of thin air. Those songs that come to you out of thin air are, are blessings, and you know. I've had some of my best songs or songs that I've written in like a half hour, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. They just kind of come to you. Yeah. No, um, totally but yeah, it, I would say, I'd say most of the time it's guitar. And, uh, being that you mentioned guitar, you did say that you started the whole, you started going solo back in 2017, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Since then, was yep. it that your first time that you, you, um, started messing around with the guitar or how long have you been, uh, how long have you been able to play guitar? How, when did you start? And uh, coming to guitar, what's your uh, favorite? Do you like the regular acoustic? Do you like um, the electric guitar? Like, what's your favorite to turn to also as well? So, so I started playing guitar seriously, I would say, uh, around 2013, 2014. I started doing a fun project with one of my friends, and, and I, he was kind of teaching me how to play a little bit. You know, I dabbled with guitar all throughout the years that I was in bands. You know, if we were at practice, I might pick up a guitar and screw around. 
Um, but as far as like sitting down and playing every day and developing technique and learning scales and all that type of stuff, I would say I've been at that for about, you know, around five to six years. Um, I play mostly acoustic just because that's, that's how I perform and everything like that. So I just like to get used to that. Every once in a while, I still pick up my electric and just go down there and shred because I, I am a metalhead at heart, but for the most part, I play acoustic now and it's, you know, I've got a guitar that I'm in love with and I, I just want to pick it up every day and play it, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you, man. So basically you just, you just, any way that you can just put some energy into making music in any way, shape or form, you just do it, correct? Any, yeah, any time, any, any free time that I have, any, any, any semblance of, of light in a day that I can use to, to put towards my music, I, I typically do, you know, aside from, I have to be a dad and a, and a husband first. Um, but after that, it's, after that, if there's any free time, it's, it's mostly dedicated to music or building music or building my platform for music or marketing or, or anything like that. It, research, anything like that. It's all it's all aimed at the music because it's just it's what I love to do. It just feels like it's you know it's the it's what sets my heart on fire. So I just keep doing it. And as far as um, the music, I know that you, like we talked about, you went solo back in 2017. Is there anyone that you feel, um, it doesn't matter whether they're independent, whether they're major label, whether they're dead or alive. Is there any person that you would say that you would uh, love to collaborate with? Um, or would you feel like right now you're just focusing on yourself and doing the whole solo stuff st um, still? Like, would you, if you had the opportunity to collaborate on one song or like a a small project with another artist would you do it or would you just stick to doing stuff for uh with yourself for right now i i'm definitely open to collaborations i've been <clears throat> i've been talking to some other artists that i've met through twitter or, you know through social media or just from friends through playing shows everywhere and stuff and i have some ideas for some collaborations um you know i'd like i'd love to sing on a metal track for somebody just because that's kind of in my nature and it's in my roots and it'd be fun to get back to that a little bit just because the acoustic singer songwriter thing is a whole different, it's just a whole different game. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely open to collaboration, like a dream collaboration. You know, if I was going to do something like a dream collaboration, it would be like a Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains uh, or something like that. You know, that would be a, that would be a pipe dream collaboration, but you know, it, I've, I've had a lot of discussions with other other indie artists from around here and, and all over the place uh, to, to do some collaboration. So I'm sure that will happen in the future once things kind of normalize again. That's what's up, man. And I know you messaged that. I mean, you messaged, you mentioned that uh, you, you've been reaching out to other um, artists on social media. So being that you mentioned social media, I want to mention how I do know you have a Twitch channel also. And I see that you actually reach out to people also there as well. Um uh, what's besides for uh, live streaming and everything, like you said, you reach out to other people. How do you feel social media has helped um, people such as yourself to actually create music, collaborate with people, share music? Um, you know, because right now I, I always mention this with everyone that I talk to just to see how they feel about it. Um, you know, I come from the era where everything was, you know, uh, when I was young it was like on a, a tape You had to record it on a tape or buy a tape Or if you heard it on the radio you, you had to have the tape deck That let you record over whatever tape yep. you had And then if not you <laughs> had too. to Yeah exactly and then, then it was the CD Era where if you didn't have a, a CD Burner you were basically asked out And you had to go pay 20 to 
$30 for a CD. <laughs> if not, you have to wait till, till someone made you a bootleg or you went somewhere and paid $5 for a ghetto <laughs> copy of it. Or like, so like now it's totally different. Now, you know, especially my kids, I, I showed them what a, a Walkman was and they were confused. They didn't know what they thought it was like. A <laughs> what is that thing in there? They were like, what is this? Like you make waffles or why? I'm like, all right, man, whatever. But um, so th- technology has really changed the way that people, you know, are exposed to music or they share the music what's something that you feel is a good thing about the way that people are um are using technology for as far as entertainment wise or as as an independent artist yourself what are some good things you think come from it and what are some bad things that you feel um kind of affect uh the way that people absorb stuff because I know one big thing that I see is that a lot of people tend to focus on like the numbers or like the followers or if they have that little certified stamp or check or whatever it is. And they really overlook that the person is really talented or the person has put in really time and paid their dues to really get, you know, some type of recognition or attention. So what do you feel is something as an independent artist yourself, especially going solo and doing things and finding your new way of stuff? What is something that you feel the internet basically has done in a good way and in a bad way for the music industry. I, I mean, I think I think for me personally, the the big, especially lately, Twitter has been huge. Like I've I've found so many other like I'm not necessarily connecting with people that are going to be fans on Twitter. It doesn't seem like a lot, but I'm connecting with other artists and I'm connecting with other podcasters and I'm connecting with other people that are doing what they can to. To, to share interesting people that are independent and might not get some shine. I mean, the Twitter brought me to this to this podcast right now. You know, that's one of the beauties of, of the social media thing. I mean, I would have never met you, never talked to you, never even known about you, and you never would have known about me if it wasn't for us meeting on Twitter. Exactly. So, I mean, that, that, type, that type of connection is, is amazing to me. You know, I'm sitting here, have a com- I'm having a conversation with someone that I've never met, but it seems like we're very like-minded. And if you lived in the same city I lived in, we'd probably be friends. Most definitely. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, uh, that, that type of thing really blows my mind. You know, I, I, uh, I signed a licensing deal earlier this year. Um, and a gentleman in Berlin, Germany, heard my music on Spotify on a playlist. You know, and you don't ever hear about that kind of stuff happening, but, but that, I mean, those types of things, having that, having that potential to have that organic reach, I think is the biggest thing for me. Um, the negative thing I think probably is like what you said, the numbers. Um, it, I think it forces artists to sometimes water down their personality and sometimes water down their brand to chase numbers. Um, I've been guilty of that myself where I, I'm getting on social media and I'm not even using the platform the way it's intended to be used. And then I'm mad that I'm not getting the results that I want out of it. You know, uh, then you, when you actually go, you know what you should do, you should just go on there and be yourself. Cause that's what people want to see. And then you exactly. do that and you start to real, you start to realize this organic connection instead of this like, robotic promo type connection it's it's a more personal type of thing and you start noticing that you have more similarities with people that from you just being real and and original and just being you and sharing your good days and bad days you realize that people care more about that than you trying to put on some facade like it's something else that it's really not yeah and I've, I've been I've been guilty of that because quite frankly as a touring independent artist that does all his own booking, all his own management, all his own promotion, all his own graphic design and doing all this stuff. 
I have to look at those numbers. You know, those numbers bring opportunities, unfortunately. And, and, and part of the problem is the people that are booking talent are hyper-focused on those numbers. You know, they don't care about the actual content or the, or the, or the character of the artist that they're booking. They just care that he has 30,000 Twitter followers. Exactly. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. I think it, it makes us, it makes us chase numbers instead of being more uh, genuine to our art. Exactly. Which, if that makes sense. No, I totally understand. Yeah, because all like certain venues in certain places, like you could be a really talented artist, and they know that you're bringing a crowd, so all they're worried about is the number of bodies coming to attend that they can make money off of, or the amount of eyes that they can make money off of if they sponsor you or they have um, you wear their shirt or on or come to their event or whatever it is. So people get blindsided at the fact of talent, and all they see is, okay, this person sounds good, but if a whole group of people aren't going over there, I'm just going to watch it from over here and not let it be known that I'm listening. Or they'll they'll skim through something, and they won't really give it a, a second chance because it gets overshadowed by something they heard a million times like it, it, if it's not the algorithm doing something because based off of numbers it's just people's mind from the way it's programmed to look at something and instead of giving it the time of day their eyes are quick to just adjust to the number or the view count or the comments or the likes or whatever the hell it is and if it's not what they feel is a adequate number to be like okay you got my attention they're quick to just go to the next one but then if that very same person or post or song or art artist or whatever that very next week has over a million views out of nowhere they want to post up oh i saw this before everybody when it only had yeah, two like yeah. you get what i'm saying and it's all because they want to yeah, be the first you know what i'm saying like once everyone knows about it they want to <laughs> be the first but when no one knows about it they they're kind of embarrassed to be the person and be like i found this like this hidden gem but yet they're not confident to feel like okay i have good taste or anyone gives a shit about what i care about so it's kind of hard so that's why i've been trying to break the norm and just do it like yo it, it doesn't really take that much to just find someone see if what they're posting if it's something that you feel as a person it it lines up with your your moral compass then fuck it check out what they got going on you know what i'm saying see what they have yeah you know? it's there's nothing nothing it costs you absolutely nothing to click a link to listen for a minute, to to read a post, to look at a picture, to watch a video, to leave a actual feedback, whether if you didn't like it for whatever reason, don't just be like, oh, this sucked. Be like, listen, this could have been done like this a little better, or I like this, or leave some feedback. People aren't posting up stuff just so that people could be like, you suck and you wasted my time. No, I'm posting up stuff because I'm putting in time to something I like, and I basically want to showcase it, and if I'm bad at it, show me how I can improve so I can get better at it. I'm not just showcasing it to be like okay i don't really give a shit look at me i'm making yeah a I mean, i'm learning as i go exactly and that's what a lot of people tend to forget with all these like algorithms and numbers and all oh, you need this and that like i don't know man so i i just wanted to see how you looked at it um and because i and you have mentioned that because of social media and everything and being that you have been touring and everything i know that you toured in about like seven states correct yeah, yeah, I, I did about eighty to nine, I think I did eighty or ninety shows in seven states in the first couple of years that I that I started hitting the road. See, and that's crazy, man. That's still that's a milestone. A lot of people haven't even touched. And now with without with the way that COVID is, and now really depending on social media, I guess for the time until things get better, a lot of people won't even know what that's like. So, being that you have had that experience, what would you say is something that you 
gained from that, I guess, life on the road or going state to state? And what was your favorite state going to, whether it was performing, whether it was the environment, the atmosphere or the food? What was your favorite state going and uh, that you went to and that you performed in? And what's something that you feel being that right now, like I said, a lot of people won't really experience the on the road or the live show thing. What's something that you feel as an as an artist, whether independently or whether in a group that you experienced that helped you learn or evolve as a person or an artist? So the so the touring thing, the biggest thing for me, the the first extended run that I did, I realized that I wasn't in show I wasn't in show condition. Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't rehearse nearly as much as I needed to prior to going on the road. You know, I was used to playing one-off shows like on weekends and stuff like that. But when you have, you know, seven shows in a row in seven days and, you know, in four different states, you don't get a lot of time to rest. You don't get a lot of time to warm up. You don't get a lot of time to this. You're not in a very comfortable situation. You're not in a tour bus. You know, you're you're driving around in a minivan with two other dudes and you're, and you've got, you've got to grind to get to where you're going. And I, I just wasn't prepared the first time. Um, but I think on the road, definitely the biggest thing with me was I developed my live, my live performance significantly because I had to, whether I felt good or not, whether I felt ready or not, I had to show up in Midland, Texas and I had to put on a show no matter what, you know, I'm not the type of person that's going to cancel anything or anything like that. And, and uh, I just had to man up and go play the shows. And the second time I toured, I did much better. Um, but th- I would say that's the best thats the best experience I could have possibly gained as far as improving my live performance. Um, so that's, I think that's the big, for me, the biggest benefit of touring, aside from the obvious, you know, you're getting in front of a lot of new faces and getting a chance to make a connection with a lot of new people. You know that's an, that's kind of a given, but the the chops from the you know from the artist side of it, just developing those live chops was the biggest thing. Um, we went to Colorado uh, a couple years either last year or the year before, and that was definitely my favorite place to play. Um, we had we had I think we had three or four shows there. We played Fort Collins, Denver, uh, Colorado Springs, and Walsenburg. Um, but we had a day off in Walsenburg and we had a chance to, to drive around on the trail of legends and all that type of stuff in Colorado. And it was just a, just a surreal experience that you're out there, uh, playing music for people that you've never met or seen before. And, and, you know, you're in a new place with beautiful scenery and it just, it just kind of all sunk in for me then like, you know what, man, you don't have to worry about being a millionaire doing this stuff. This is a pretty cool experience. You should, you should, you should let yourself have this, you know? Yeah, no, I totally feel you on that. And being that you said that the whole um, traveling stuff basically helped you, being that you were performing a lot, it helped improve your performance presence and everything as an artist and as a band. What do you feel uh, is the most, what do you feel is the most, um, the, the song that you like performing the most that really connects with people? You know how people say songs uh connect emotionally or if, if you like you you even said it a lot of your songs are based um or or come from times that you were going through rough times and i'm pretty sure when people hear those lyrics people who can relate and have been through those similar situations can hear it and they can feel that you're not full of shit you know what i'm saying like i say they don't you, there's right. people that fake the funk and you can tell that they're full of shit and there's other people that when they say certain lyrics even if they're not saying it in a certain way just by the way that they're 
they're expressing it It shows that they've lived through it That it's like yo I know this person isn't full of shit They know what they're talking about I know they've been there I've been there myself Like no one would say it like that Or be able to express it that way Unless you've been through that shit So what's a song that you feel that you've performed That gives that feeling That makes every That gives you that connection With the audience and with your fans What's your favorite song that you feel does that? Uh, there's a song I have called Done So Much uh, there's a lot of my, you know, a lot of the people that have been with me since day one kind of have always gravitated towards that one. It's a pretty dark song. It's a pretty, it's a pretty introspective song realizing like some of these problems that I'm having are, are my fault. You know, some of these problems I can't, I, I can't, I can no longer blame other people all the time for everything that's happening to me. I have to understand that I'm part of the problem. Um, but also, you know, I, you had some bad things thrown at you that you didn't deserve. And it's kind of a song about, you know, just saying goodbye and, and that type of thing. And I think for the most part, people get, people seem to get pretty emotional during that song and stuff. And the video that I have out for it is a pretty, pretty dark and heavy video. I, I, I put a lot into the production of that. There's a, there's a storyline and everything like that. And people see that video um, and then they kind of identify that with some darker periods in their life i think and then when i play it live i think it does i think that song probably connects with people the most live just because i it's hard for me to play that song without getting emotional you know it's just one of those songs that means a lot to me um so to i think that i think that translates to the audience a little bit and i think they get i think they get a little more into it knowing that you know knowing that i'm giving them back what they're giving me you know the energy that they're giving me so i, th I would say that would have to be the one that's what's up, man. And as far as like the energy and like you said, you're 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 trying to give off to them. What would you say besides for certain songs that specifically are are trying to show other people that they're not alone? Basically, what would you say is your message that you try to give other people, whether through your music, whether through the way you carry yourself, whether it be with jujitsu, whether it be as a father, as a husband, what's the message that you would like to relay to people who check out your social media, who tune in and watch your Twitch, um, who check out all your your stuff that you put out on any streaming services? What's the message that you you are trying to really get out there to everybody to share with other people? What's something that you really want them to get out of all your content your material your posts like what's the main message and goal that you want to get out to everybody my biggest thing is i you know i think people need to be okay with realizing that they're not perfect um i i've realized that about myself definitely over the last few years as i've grown a little older and a little more mature uh when you know none of us is perfect here um but if you just keep you know you just keep working hard and you keep good intentions in your heart and anything that you do, you know, th things will come to you. Your life will change in a way that your life will change in a way that you can't even imagine. If you just start to really, you know, have a pure heart and realize that there are people out there that are going to be bad to you. You have to accept that. You have to move on and you just have to try to work hard and be good to people and realize that you're not perfect. You're going to make some mistakes accept your mistakes own your mistakes realize that you need to learn from your mistakes and and let your let it go move on to something positive and and you know try to try to put good energy in the world and the, and the world will give good energy back to you i mean that, that i would say that's probably the biggest message lately especially um that i would that i would try to portray to anybody that's what's up man i really like that i fuck with that a lot yo so before we get out of here dusty is there anything that you want to tell the people and let them know 
I just wanted to tell everybody that I'm noticing all the numbers increase and I'm seeing everything and I'm, and I'm, I'm the one that pays attention to everything. So if anybody's out there listening to my music or connecting with me on any of the platforms or anything like that, I appreciate you. Uh, my, my social media is more of a community. I, I don't look at it as fans. I just look at it as we're all friends and we're all connecting. And we're all trying to lift each other up. So if you're out there listening or checking this out or anything like that, uh, you know, thank you. I'm extremely grateful. And you're, uh, you're the type of people that are keeping me going. Thanks, Dusty, man. Thank you for, for being a guest here on Clocking Out Podcast. Everybody, please make sure to click the links in the description if you want to check out any of the tracks that we mentioned or any of the music videos we mentioned on the podcast. Also, please be sure to go to his Twitch at DustyGrant57, correct? That's your, your Twitch handle? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, and, sir. Uh, Twitch.tv slash DustyGrant57. I'll also have the link to that in the description below. Um, Dusty, thank you once again for being here. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I'm definitely going to have you on another podcast episode. I want us to talk about the UFC stuff, um, the mixed martial arts, the jiu-jitsu. And uh, also, for if you have any other future projects, we'll talk about that also as well. But uh, thanks, man. Thank you for being on. I'm down, man. Let me know whenever. I'd be happy to come on. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I sincerely appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks. All right, everybody. This has been another episode of Clocking Now. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe. I love y'all. And always stay productive, stay grinding, and stay trying to do better than you did yesterday. Ha holla.